coming up on Just Elders Podcast. I'm gonna let y'all know I'm a I'm a consumer of the Just Elders Podcast. I actually go back and listen to it just like y'all on Tuesday. Like, cause what happens is you say some good shit, but you're not studied. You're not equipped. If you don't come out this thing, Rich, out this pandemic, with in a better position, that's your fault. Cause right now, this shit more fucked up for people with money than it is people with no money. If you need to carry a pistol, carry a pistol. Now, <laughs> nobody came down here. You know what it is? No one came down here to tell us that it's okay to be black. Right. Mm. Oh yeah, I remember Elders Washington. Right. Me and him, we've been down the road. We with every day, and that's why I got this podcast to talk about who the fuck was with me <laughs> and who wasn't. I, I hope the new norm for black people looks like, yeah, you know what? My money don't make me untouchable. The gathering spot. I love them. You know what I'm saying? I know who they are. They cool. But I also know who they are. There's something that we were born with individually to say and do that nobody else can say or do except us. Y'all better get busy and put somebody on the ballot to run against her. I don't give a damn if it's Mickey Mouse. We should be putting Mickey Mouse on the ballot to make sure that we get this witch out of office. Ready? Born ready. I'm feeling today. And you are tuning into the greatest podcast to ever hit the airwaves. That is the Jess Eldridge Podcast, and I am your host. I'm excited because today I'm about to record the greatest episode I have ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time. Before we get started, let me thank each and every last person that tuned in to episode 42. We must organize for a mile. Um, episode was long. Now, I would like to say I gave y'all a disclaimer before it started. I said it was going to be long, but it was needed. We had Attorney Mowley Muel, Attorney Mowley Mel Davis. We had Attorney Mowley Mel Davis from the Davis Bozeman Law Firm. We had Dr. Akinyela, a.k.a. Baba A.K. We had Mukasa Ricks, a.k.a. Baba Dada. Dropping nothing but gems. I was thinking about it when I was going back and listening to it. I'm going to let y'all know I'm a, I'm a consumer of the Just Elders podcast. I actually go back and listen to it just like y'all on Tuesday. And I was like, dang, we got over 100 years of organizing in this episode. If you think about how long they've been organizing and doing work collectively, over 100 years of active work for our people. 
And today we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we get into it, man, let me check in. My boy Keith, how you feeling, man? You already know. Another day. We out here. We out here. <laughs> we out here. They let us free. Back in the office. Back in the office. But you know, <clears throat> one of those times. You know, yeah, yeah, baby girl this weekend. Shout out. Yeah, shout out, shout out. Hey, Hello. look. I'm watching all of these series based off of movies. So the movie Hannah with the girl that grew up in the woods. They did a mm. series on that. The series was actually good. And then there was a movie shooter. They just did a series on the movie shooter. So it's like a lot of they going back now and taking these movies. Oh, Limitless. They took the show, the TV, the movie Limitless, mm-hmm. and they broke that up into a series. Oh, they did? Yeah. So I, like, I watched that series. Yeah, that, that movie was fire. I was like, man, I need that pill. Yeah, man. I need that pill. Like, <laughs> but I realized that pill is nothing but Adderall. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's, that's what that feels. Adderall and little, uh, what's that called? MDMA? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that okay, shit. okay, okay. Look at that. What's care? <laughs> All right, man. What's, what, what, how many reviews we got? All right, we got a couple reviews here. Uh, shout out to the reviewers. Shout, hey, yeah, shout out to the reviewers, man, because, you know, we've been getting on people about doing the reviews. Hell, even Foxy P been getting on y'all about doing the reviews. And, um, we got some now. What I've been noticing too on the review tip, a lot. I appreciate the ratings, so we're getting yeah. a lot of five star ratings. Right, right. But we just want y'all to write a little something. Just this write a little something. You know what I'm saying? Even if that shit was like this shit dope. Yeah, this shit dope. That's it. First review we got is BPE from Big Bab Two. It says, "Great show last week on the Creative Uncut. I enjoy listening to Tamisha Harris. She is an OG in the entertainment game. Also." That was an accident on the four star. <laughs> My apologies. I told you. <laughs> yeah, you called it. All right, we, we appreciate that, bro. All right. Uh, you brothers bring the heat every week. Stay safe. Big bad. All right. Uh, Jonathan Estes. You know, yeah. Estes. Uh, he says, mind-blowing episode. Great episode, brothers. Great content. So much knowledge from these three guys. You had on definitely did not hold uh, did not know black physicians were not allowed to work at Grady Hospital back in the day. Education. That was a great story, bro. Education. I love that story. He was like me, Arthur Lane forgot. Shit. I could just picture them on the deathbed and Willie Walker like, nah, they ain't dead. Education. Um, I definitely cherish the people that came before us. This episode is definitely on my top ten. And you guys still have nine more weeks until that one year anniversary. Hey, that's what <laughs> nine weeks. He counting down. Estes ready. Uh, you and Keith stay safe as you keep up the great work. I say. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. We got nine weeks. Nine weeks. Nine weeks. All right. Let's see. Turn me up. Let's go. She's just a girl and she's on fire. Hey. This is what we do at the Jazz Up Podcast. We show love to those that show love. Estes is about two reviews away from getting his song. She got both feet on the ground and she's burning. Tell them what we got. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, if you want to know what you missed, this is a review from Foxy down. P from D. This girl is 
tell it you. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, we appreciate the love, though, Fox to P. That's why you get all that straight up. Uh, <clears throat> so Fox to P says, uh, "I'm in matters. What did you do to help your people today? And thank you for keeping the light on." Uh, Real Talk Fellas episode 42 Was one of your most empowering and moving Podcasts yet while the broad Daylight slaughter of Ahmaud Arbery Has left us heartbroken and angry We must move from anguish to action Each of your distinguished guests Offered tangible and significant ways To do just that That was a great showcasing of the Numerous organizations that give us an opportunity To build and strengthen our village as we struggle to deconstruct the impact of racism, oppression, and violence on our people. You two clearly walk among wise, conscious, and unapologetically black community organizers. Thank you for sharing those resources with your listeners and for giving your guests ample time to make it plain. The monikers in this episode, El Rage, <laughs> audio engineer extraordinaire, hey. <laughs> And brother Africa I like when he was saying Africa That, that, that was pretty dope Right right um, I mean he, and he called everybody that Like that's the only thing He said brother Africa Sister I, Africa Mother Africa I wonder how other Africans Respond to that When they see That between The yeah. quote unquote Foundation of black Americans mm. I wonder uh, Side note Thanks for uh, Neatly organizing Your show notes And for not cussing As much on this episode Hey, <laughs> makes it much easier to listen to while you're on quarantining with the family. I promise as soon as I figure out how to work this new iPod, I'm going to start giving you guys five-star ratings. Go ahead and throw my air horns in now, sir. <laughs> hey, uh, keep up the good fellas. And as Attorney Davis said, thank you for keeping the light on. Your lawyer, J.E.P. listener, Foxy P. from D.C. I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you very much, man. To those listening, uh, again, this is not a raffle. We don't randomly select reviews. If you leave it, we'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> if you leave it. <laughs> hey, hey, like <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, like, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say. Again, what it does for us, um, obviously the reviews makes it us, um, it brings up our rating on the discoverability um, platform. Makes it easier for people to find out about us and what we're doing. And the reviews also can serve as things y'all want to hear us talk about more. I mean, I will say, I don't think there's not one topic or like an area of a topic that we haven't discussed on this podcast yet. Whether it's been social justice, political, uh, bullshit, uh, family, education, health. We've pretty much covered every landscape. But... There might be something you want to hear more of, or there might be something that you want to hear less of. We won't know unless you let us know and review. You know, we t- pride ourselves in being a podcast for the people. For sure. So, speaking of the people, let's give our Rona update. Uh, <laughs> Shit. I wish we had like a. A noise, I'm like, just do a Rona update. Like, like we don't talk about it so much now. I, mean, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I'm so tired when I do the show notes and I look at like what week we on this under this corona shit, whatever we what call it. What week is this now? This is week nine. Week nine of quarantine. Week, week nine of I, me, I say week nine of COVID 19 because quarantine, like I told you, I, yeah. the quarantine was uh, we had like a strong month of quarantine. Yeah. 
Now the office is back mm-hmm. open. You can see my beard. I've been quarantined. Bro. Yeah, I mean, shit, I got a haircut, but my beard still, you know, still grew out. But, but I ain't um, got nothing. I'm out here looking crazy. Yeah, yeah. You should, you should, I mean, you might as well go get cut because, I mean, the shops are open. Everything open. Um, like I said, we're no real quarantine. And shit, I heard September when live entertainment coming back. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of interested to see, like, the rollout of all of this. Like, it's still a lot of mixed signals that's going on in different states, obviously. Um, Delta just put out an article saying how they are building these new partitions in between your chairs. So you almost going to be in, like, a plastic. I'm just trying to figure out the end result of this thing. Like, what's the... Okay, like, to me, we should have been cleaner. That's not a new... In my mind, that's not a new thing. Like, shit should have been wiped down. Like, it should have been washed That's the bad thing. It is a new thing. Like, So my thing is, if that's the only new thing, okay. But, like, what I'm not trying to get used to is, like, all these extra partitions everywhere. You know, I hate that shit. I hate this glass everywhere and shit partitioned off. Like, uh, soon. So, we're entering into a new norm. I put up a post the other day. And you know I've, I've I've talked about this on the podcast. Uh, Ready Player One, the Oasis launching mm-hmm. with Mark Zuckerberg. As you notice, everybody now are creating avatars on Facebook. That's that. Int- I, and I put a post up yesterday. I was like, "This is gonna be the introduction version of you to the Facebook Oasis. Your avatar that you're creating right now. What's the point of it? That what I'm saying. So like, right now it's just like a fun game, but. I think this is the opportunity. Everybody's seeing this opportunity. And this is an opportunity to create what that new norm looks like. So I will say that. So that new norm of, all right, boom. So you got to attack it on every level. A norm that's already kind of been addressed is the food service industry. There's already robotic uh, burger flippers. There's already robotic bartenders. Like, mm. You can uh, Vice News has a, a YouTube called uh, The Future of AI I watched it the other day And I thought of you Really? Like they cut out All the flip. They have like one lady Watch like 10 flippers Where before That would have been 10 people Right Flipping So yeah So like So food industry Already kind of got there Figured out uh, My boy Tajan Shout out to Tajan He uh, listening to this He a truck driver And uh, Tajan Said they offering Them jobs now to vertically, virtually uh, drive trucks. How does that work? So the truck <laughs> is an autonomous truck, but they having like a driver kind of monitor it from the computer the whole process. And I told him, I was like, bro, he was like, yeah, I'm about to do that shit. I was like, bro, don't do that shit. That, that ain't nothing but data. They collecting data to show that the truck can do it on its own. And then this thing, you know, they're like, yeah, we don't no longer need you. Number data. It's, an, it's, not a data. It's, it's like when I start seeing the restaurants have the kiosks and the, uh, uh, what's the name person? Oh, it's about the fast food? Yeah, yeah fast yeah, food kiosks, right? King, McDonald's, yeah. Burger King, all of them. It's like, y'all don't even realize how sw- hard, hard they switched it in grocery stores. I remember when, <laughs> when self-checkout was an option, they have one line. Yeah. They have one line with a human. Five and, below. And, yeah, bro. So COVID is making it easier. Now you can say 
Before we used to be like, you know what, Walmart, they're just cheap as hell. They don't want to hire more cashiers. Now they can say, Walmart, we're keeping our people safe. So we're converting all the way to self checkout. Self checkout. So I'm that person that don't ever use it. I stay in line. I'm like, you know, it's, there's a meme of this uh, girl. She got on like, you can tell she's supposed to be bougie. And they're like, ma'am, do you want to get self checkout? She was like, Pfft. I do not work here. <laughs> like, like, I don't got that energy, but I, I had the energy of like, nah, I want to work with it, interact with a human being. That's just how I am. I'm an old yeah, school. I would say, yeah, you like people, though. Yeah, so like, so like what COVID-19 is doing, it's allowing us to convert the new norm that was before unattractive because you had to value the... Um, participation of human beings you know what i'm saying in the ecosystem of making money like we need we don't mind chef checkout but if we had if you made a pick all right fire all these people and use self checkout so we can save money or keep all these people on you know what i'm saying and use self checkout at the same time obviously we're going to use pick the one that says keep the people on mm-hmm. so like now Public court opinion is being shifted in the name of safety because of COVID nineteen. Even those, uh, remember those Amazon stores that was coming up? Mm-hmm. The, like the, the West Coast, scam free. Like, scam, you just you put just, it in your bag and you walk out. They charge you on your card. Everything's automatic. That right there, that model, game changer. They said Bezos about to be the first trillionaire. Right. So I can see it because I don't order more shit on Amazon. <laughs> During this time, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I ain't gonna lie, I feel sorry for the fulfillment station that's taking my orders personally. Like, cause I've been going to fucking like. But see, that's the you know that's the other thing too. That's the mixture of robots and AI and people. Because I saw that how they make that work. Like the robots bring it, but you still gotta have people to kind of read that it off. No, that ain't nothing but a line of code. It can get smarter. You know what I'm saying? Like eventually, all of this shit can get. Well, smarter. you know what it is? It's the grasping thing. They say they can't figure out how to make robots' hands as tangible as human hands. They said once. That's the biggest race right now. Once they figure out how to make opposable thumbs on a robot, once they make all that these jobs, robot. all these like the, what you're talking about is is real. They just need, can I pick this shit up? Once they figure out how to really pick it up, we're done. Yeah, so like you see in industries, you know, an industry that's gonna struggle is the uh, school system, education, because now these kids now are, it was already hard. Now what it did do. Or what it I wanted to do. I don't know if it did do it. What I wanted to do, I want parents to now be more cognitive of their student and what type of student their student is. Because you don't have to be at home now. You trying to mm-hmm. figure it out. And it ain't always about these teachers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um I hope out of this situation, teachers get more money. I hope teachers get more opportunity. I, I want good teachers to get more money because what this shit has also shown me is that I'm lazy. We have a lot of bullshit ass teachers. When we had walk right. on the radio, when we had walk on that episode a couple episodes ago, and he talked about how he's getting on interacting with his students, and then we talked to our students, and they got teachers that's not even getting on at all. Versus my my daughter teacher, she gets on like three days out the week. You know, she tries to help. I don't think it's not. I don't think it's that bad, but like those teachers, yeah. But you, if you're a teacher that just be logging on once a day. Upload some work and just check in work. Nah, hell nah. So, I think now is the best opportunity for you to just accept that things are going to be different 
and then begin to create the future. You know what I'm saying? Like what does so I've been I've been like Googling different things, right? Like I'm like, man, like all right. One, I'm like, all right, where do I want to record the podcast? Um, when we go back in the studio and then boom, I'm building like these partition things because we got long cords. We can have the mics separated. Like I can have somebody sitting all the way on that end. I can be on this end. We can be six feet apart. Like easy. Like, and I can build, like I'm thinking about building these little partition things where it's kind of like where the mic, you had the mic behind the glass, but you in your own little bowl, but we face them towards each other. So I don't, I'm thinking of like, what does podcast studios look like in the future? You know what I'm saying? Like in this new norm future. So, uh, all of that stuff is one of the things that you just got to say, this is what it is. Like you can get frustrated because it's not fair. You can get frustrated because a lot of people are getting fucked right now. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you can get... It just is what it is. It's just a fucked up situation, and it shows what we already knew that a capitalist society, you can never win. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wins in this shit. So we knew this, but now you really know it because you're seeing how people are just. And, I, and that's the one of the real thing I seen somebody say was like, somebody was like, look, if you don't come out this thing rich out this pandemic, we're in a better position. That's your fault. Cause right now, this shit more fucked up for people with money than it is people with no money. Like people with no money, you struggling. Like you struggling, that shit fucked you up as well. But like, I ain't lose nothing in stocks because I ain't got shit in stocks. Like when that shit when all went down. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, that statement is like a convoluted statement. It's 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 levels to it, right? I like Cause, don't cause get me wrong, you know I'm eyes. always gonna advocate for the poor, right? So I get it. It's people that will never be able to work again in that industry. Because like what are they trying to say? What they're saying By is what it what and this is what I translated from the statement. There is opportunities right now for you to take advantage of some stuff that you might have would have never took advantage of before. Like prime example, I see my homegirl who she was selling shirts before all this started. She was doing clothes and she was doing all right. She wasn't like super winning. But when she started selling a mask, she's selling out every day. Yeah. Like it was an opportunity for her to jump in, a small business to jump in and actually start winning. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're about to start passing legislation where you got to have mask on. Like what is that? What is that area where you can jump in? Or somebody who I wanted to get in the stocks, right? I ain't really had no money like that. But now, all that shit low, like, this might be the better time to jump in. Now, for me, I'm not jumping in. Y'all already know how I feel about that shit. Like, I'm like, I'm cool. <laughs> like, I ain't got that money. Just goddamn play with no numbers. <laughs> like, yeah, watching that shit. Like, nah. My money ain't set up like that. My money set up, I'm going to invest it in me and some type of business and I'm going to ride. And, you know, I've been blessed enough where... I'm still getting opportunities during this time, you know what I'm saying, with different clients and different work. So it's it's weird. I feel you on that statement, how it, it can be like provocative, like, oh, well, you just sound like you. Yeah, just- I, I just feel like that's one of those like flexing statements. Like, niggas, at the end of the day, I don't think Corona 
any any time is a good time to change your mindset from being broke to getting rich. Right. I don't think that this. I do. I, I, I don't like when people are trying to say like, oh, because what it is is everybody doesn't have the same opportunity during this lockdown. Remember, we talked about this when we first started, how everybody was on their coronation, but we were still working. Hell, yeah, we were still out here like running like. I didn't feel like I had. I feel like I had one good month of it. Right. Whereas I know people who've been chilling for like five months now. And Ain't doing shit. Be, I mean, you know what I'm saying. And, right. and but I also look at it as those people could be mentally be fucked up because you're stuck in that house. Like my daughter's mom been working from home since the beginning. Her office is gonna be closed at least for the next couple of months. They don't have to go in. But I know mentally she's like, I'm just tired of being in. The, like you're just tired of being in the house. And you know. So I just feel like that statement is like one of those. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to project it onto other people that it's okay, but nah, like, and, and I feel like that statement can be that too. But I also want to point out to people, you have an opportunity. Because one thing I do know about us, rich or poor, we smart as fuck as a people. Mm-hmm. Like our intuition is so real, it's it's unparalleled. So it's like there are a lot of problems that people don't know how to solve right now that. It, the playing field is open in the sense of like, how can what 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 do you think you could do to fix this problem or this situation? Whether it's for a business, for I'm just saying, there's opportunity here because them motherfuckers don't know. Well, let me ask you this, and it, it, might, it might cut this out, but let me ask you this to piggyback off of that. To me, this I feel like this is our last crisis for Black people. I feel like after however we come out of this, I think this is going to define us at least for the next decade. Like. All this Ahmaud Aubrey stuff, all this coronavirus, we're the face of it thing. Like it's it's so how we got rich black people trying to raise money for poor black people, but our poor black people getting in and it's some it's a, hell. Native Americans are dying more than black people, but for some reason they putting black people on the cover of it. You know, we getting our ass whooped for not wearing masks, but white people get mad. Like I so, feel like this is our last crisis. So how do you see it? For black people I don't I don't think it's our last crisis I think it is our It is a clear New I'm trying to figure out how to put this um, I feel like it's a new title On a new era Like this is going to be the era of COVID-19 for black people And during this era This is what happened to us and this is how we responded. It's like the era of Jim Crow, right? But that's what I'm saying. Like our response to it, do you feel like it's not going to be as strong as the responses before? Like we fought during Jim Crow. We fought during well, civil well, rights. Like this now, is why. This is why I started. This is why I started with the song I started with and the energy I'm feeling on right now because I'm feeling like what COVID did was it made everybody see how human they were. How vulnerable they were and how touchable they were economically, because most people don't they use their money to separate themselves from mm-hmm. the people or whatever. So COVID nineteen, I know some cats that you can't tell them nothing before this because they own three or four clubs here in Atlanta. They getting plenty of bread. Now their clubs ain't been open. In, in months mm-hmm. uh, Their rent is still due You know what I mean Like it's Now they They feel it You know what I mean So like they feel now it they're, Now they're like Some power to the people Type uh, Yeah come on Let's get together Like alright So I, 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 I'll go I'll even go deeper than that So um, When this all happened 
there was this whole campaign uh, I seen the gathering spot do called um, Bid on Black. They did this con- uh, this thing with collab. And it when was, you was in the commercial? Hmm? Nah, not that one. But like, but I'm gonna talk about that too. I'm gonna talk about that too. So like, so the gathering spot. I love them. You know what I'm saying? I know who they are. They cool. But I also know who they are in the sense of I know what level you engage in this work. Like you engage in this work in a way like prime example. I engage a level of social justice where I don't care who you are. If you do poor people wrong, I'm calling that shit out. Even if it's not popular. Prime example, talking about Keisha Lance Bottoms is not popular. But in the reality, Keisha Lance Bottoms had the absolute power to stop the reverse something that Kasim Reed set in place when he just took homes from black families and poor and old people in Atlanta. I mean, she signed the thing to not charge rent to kick people out. So right. She, so she can. So she has the power to reverse taking these people homes. Mm-hmm. But that deal, why they took them homes. It's playing into a lot of money and opportunity and development that's going to happen in the future. So she's not stopping it. So therefore, yes, Keisha has done a lot of great things. Yes, I've seen her raise money for the homeless. You know what I'm saying? I've seen them do that. But these homes are being took. So you're wrong in that area. So I'm going to talk about it. So I'm saying that to say I know people that are, they will talk about, they'll speak up and talk back about stuff that is okay to talk about it's okay to talk about Kemp not opening the city yeah you know what I'm saying that's okay that's like a popular the media gave us the okay to do that they didn't give us the okay to talk about Keisha so we can't ever talk about Keisha you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and that's the type of party that's over there at the gathering spot they organize and talk about stuff that is okay to talk about it, it's not provocative it's not it's not Risky, it doesn't risk because again, you know, I can talk about this because I've seen it in my network. So, probably three years ago, there was a senior towers that were owned by Friendship Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. The air condition the went air out. Yeah, remember that. The air condition went out, like always. Derek Bozeman, Michael Langford, we got the call. We went over there, uh, made no one kick Friendship Baptist ass. Mm. Well, y'all not y'all just got all this money from selling y'all church. Yeah, fix your goddamn building. Yeah, it, it was like ninety degrees in the building. I remember that? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was ninety degrees in the building. Then not only that, Kasim Reed was the president at the time, right? I mean, yeah. the, the, uh, the mayor at the time. If that would have been a home in Buckhead, if that would have been a senior home in Buckhead. Kasim Reed would have used his power, get them folk moves. You know what I'm saying? It would have been a lot more outraged, but they're poor black people. And this is what I'm talking about. Are you willing to organize and are you willing to stand up for what is right, even when it's your friend? So here's the conflict that happened inside of our clip. Rob Bozeman, who was Mowley Davis, partner at the Davis Bozeman Law Firm, mm-hmm. is a member of Friendship Baptist. Mm-hmm. He's a, I think he's almost like a deacon. Yeah, he's high up there. They hired the Davis Bozeman Law Firm to defend them in this case. Mm. So for the first time, we're seeing a split. Mm. Derek Bozeman is going against 
Novelly Davis. You know what? And I remember that because I I wasn't in the circle at the time. So I remember at first, outside looking in, I was like, "Damn, I thought the brothers was cool." And then I saw them going against each other. But I remember and look, statement. It's one of those situations where Novelly had to do what he had to do, and he was torn at it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He had to do what he had to do because that's his partner. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? That's his partner in the law firm, and. It's not a bad thing because he's on that side and Marvel is going to make sure the right thing is done mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It's not like he's going to let these folks get sold out. Yeah. But this is the conflict. So right there, there and Marvel, where they going in? And, and look, it's one of those things where like <laughs> Marvel of Derek talking shit on the air. You come, This all shit public. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. They talking shit. It's protests being done at the church. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There is a direct conflict. And you're my fucking friend. So there's a saying that Derek says, I don't have permanent friends. I don't have permanent enemies. I only have permanent issues. You know what I'm saying? So if my issue that I believe in is poor people, if you ever cross that line to go against it, I'm against you. Mm-hmm. If you ever cross that line and join me, I'm with you. Yeah. So when Keisha starts signing legislation and doing all this shit, I start posting good shit about Keisha. Mm-hmm. And folks are like, oh, I'm glad to see you acknowledge it. Well, I don't have nothing wrong against Keisha in itself. I have a wrong with shit what Keisha do. Yeah. And people be so connected to what that person, they be connected to that person. They're not willing to critique what that person does. So the whole my whole point on all of this is now what I want COVID nineteen to do is you see we're on the same level we all black you just black with a little bit more money with a little bit more access but when it all come down to it goddamn these white owned businesses the one getting all this money for these loans and shit you know what I'm saying these people with connections and research they the ones getting all these uh pay protection loan, all that shit. Mm-hmm. We not getting that shit. Oh, if we do, we getting locked up for yeah. it. Well, that nigga that's did some stupid shit. That's a that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> that but, mother that but motherfucker bought a Rolex <laughs> with his fucking like get the fuck That was some dumb shit. So like <laughs> so But see that's what I'm saying though. That's why I asked you that question because to piggyback off of what you just said. So yeah, we do see it. We do see I'm a rich black person. I'm a poor black person. We're getting treated about the same. The affluent white side is kind of still flourishing. So do or do you think black people are going to double down on black? Or do you think they're going to try to separate themselves even further to make sure, this, hey, I'm over here on this side with you? Because hell, they even fired Diamond and Silk from Fox News. I feel. I, I want to know what they're going to do now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All, all this cooning. You know, all these people that was cooning before getting fired, losing their jobs. Are they finna double down on black or are they finna go further? So this is this is what and this is how I personally feel about it. Um just like I said, I was talking to a, a teacher the other day, and I'm like, at this time, I feel like y'all have an opportunity. It's gonna take some legwork, but y'all have an opportunity to begin to survey these parents and really build a coalition of parents and teachers in the sense of what y'all need the system to do for y'all. You know what I mean? This is the best opportunity because parents before they didn't show up to parent teacher meeting. They didn't give a fuck. Teach my child. Like, you know, parents ain't really involved with that shit. The, the statistics and the number prove it. Mm-hmm. But COVID-19 leveled the playing field. So now a parent feels a fucking teacher. A parent is like, 
damn, my child is bad as fuck. Like, I can't get my child to read this homework. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, I understand what you were trying to say. But now I feel it, so I got to say it. So just like teachers have the opportunity to do that legwork, mm-hmm. I feel like those of us in this movement have an opportunity to do the legwork of collabing with those who are of the influent. They are the influent black community and saying, look, we got to organize collectively. You know what I'm saying? This is what this looks like. And there's a, a quote. I can't remember who said, but... Uh, Mowley actually said it on the podcast last week. Um, until you understand white supremacy, everything mm-hmm. you know will confuse you. Until you understand how this how this white supremacy system works, everything else gonna confuse you. So you don't understand. And I and I remember saying this when this first popped off because yeah. we took me, Mowley, and uh, Derek were sitting talking, and I was like, you know, I'm interested to see how is white supremacy going to rear its head during this COVID nineteen pandemic. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? So now we're starting to see it. It looks like this business is getting money over these businesses because banks have already historically discriminated against us for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like this person getting a respirator in the hospital versus this person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It looks like this person getting beat for not having a mask and this person getting masked delivered to their community. Mm-hmm. So like we're seeing white supremacy. Like this person is minding their business and these people are here forming militias to goddamn police their neighborhoods. Like maybe we should be forming some type of militias for our neighborhoods. So this is what I'm saying. Like so we're starting to see what white supremacy look like. What so what I'm what I'm really hoping for black people to understand is we have to now really begin and all right, so I'm gonna give another Call out Diddy, and I, I get frustrated with like people like Diddy and mm-hmm. a lot of celebrities because I understand influence. I understand me being who I am. I ain't nobody. Like I don't. I'm not no celebrity. Nothing. But I know right now I can go online. I've raised money for causes in a in a matter of a day. Like yo, I gotta get this family mm-hmm. rent. It's gonna cost two thousand. I've seen me raise that money. Family rent. It, if kids need clothes, houses burned like, down, kids' graduation needs, bro, host of competitions. Yeah. I've seen me be able to do this with my influence. Mm-hmm. So, and it didn't take me spending my money. It just took me taking the time to leverage my influence to get people to move towards the issue. So, when I see celebrities like Diddy and them talk, it just be like dumb stuff. Like, like I always say, like, Beyonce could pick every organization that's doing real work in our community. And she every day she could post an organization and say, can y'all cash out $1 to this organization? $1 from all Beyonce fans alone, that organization will have the biggest budget they have ever seen in their life. Colin Kaepernick did the 10 for 10 where he was giving 10000 of his money. He was asking people to give 10000 mm-hmm. But that's even more lifting than you had to do. You could have just said, look, y'all, let's... Cash out one dollar. Yeah. Like so so what I'm saying is what I'm saying is like so Diddy he came out and he was like, Yo, black people, we're not uh we we uh hot what do you say? We holding our uh vote we're hostage. Our vote hostage. Now me. this is the same person that came up with the vote or die campaign, uh when Obama first started running. He came out with the vote or die campaign. Uh, I don't know if he was, but it was a lot of other. I'm pretty sure he was because Jay Z then was. He was probably with the I'm with her campaign, going for Hillary. 
You know what I'm saying? They have just promoted candidate after candidate after candidate. Well, I, you know, because I'm a, I'm a, the how you like 50, I like Diddy, right? I will push back a little and say Diddy did speak to that on why he kind of stopped that voter die. Um, campaign because he realized they really would. Yeah, I seen anything. him. I seen him but, say something. Nah, so, I ain't talking about now. I'm talking about, he was talking about when Hillary was running. Yeah, he, when everybody was like, "Where's your campaign?" He was just like, mm, "We really didn't get anything last time." And like this time, he wasn't as behind it as Jay Z and Beyonce was. They they got a higher check. Diddy wasn't behind Hillary as tough. He was just like, "We need to vote," but he wasn't pushing. Right. It. And I think this so, time around is like, okay, now he has the words. To say what it is well, he's trying to say. Here's the thing. I don't necessarily think he has even like. I love what he said. Hold your vote hush. And there was a lot of folk that publicly got mad. Like oh nah. Yeah he went in on Diddy Like seen DL. Um, somebody locally here. Uh, Isaac Hayes. You know he does yeah, it, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, he went Hayes. But Isaac. He's one of those people that's like. You're not going to object. Joe. Because Joe is, you know, that's Mayor Keisha homeboy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So if Joe get... They all in bed together. Yeah, so if Joe become the president, Keisha is going to the White House. Period. She's she leaving Atlanta. Mm. So, like, so you, like, you're not going to look at this shit objectively anyway. You're just going to say, let's go for this person. Let's vote. So all I'm saying is somebody like Diddy, what I think needs to happen Diddy needs to like there are people that have studied stuff like reparations for years, black scholars who know how much it should be, who know what it should look like. There are organizations of uh Baba Akinyela and Baba AK. He talked about it last episode. Mm-hmm. He talked about organizations that's doing the work on representation. People like Diddy, you need to now begin to leverage your influence to bring attention to those organizations because we're one. Like, cause what happens is you say some good shit, but you're not studied. You're Mm -hmm. not equipped. You don't really know what the next steps is. So like, it's like, okay, I'm with you. Don't just give you a vote. But what does it look like with the, what does a black agenda really look like? You know what I'm saying? And how do you hold that accountable? There are people that are way more equipped to help you with that. So what I'm trying to do is just two different worlds. It's two different worlds. And I feel like now, due to COVID, we might be able to bring them together because they are a little bit more on our level because you're starting to see, like, I mean, folks, it's to the point where record labels are charging up social media. Like, look, we're not getting club spins no more. So yeah. these DJs going live and all, all DJ Nice. He had D nice. He had a deal. That was a deal. That wasn't oh, no. Yeah, that's, that's a straight deal. That was these, these versus battles that y'all seen. They're they're deals through IG now. They're not. Yeah, like it's like free. It's a reason why D nice can go live for eight hours and you can only go live for one. So it's like, what's happening? What what the new norm looks like? I hope the new norm for black people looks like. Yeah, you know what? My money don't make me untouchable. And there are some issues of discrimination there. Hell, like, that's why, you know, Kanye, Kanye, I feel like he saw that for the first time when, you remember he was going ham, like, Mark Zuckerberg called me, like, when, because I think Mark, I think Kanye, what he did, he's Kanye, right? One of the hottest rappers, producers in the game. Mm-hmm. Married Kim Kardashian, 
who people will argue one of the biggest fashion icons mm-hmm. in the game. So I'm married to that family. I'm starting this shoe. I shouldn't have no issues. And then they start putting a glass ceiling on his ass. Well, it happened twice. Because the Nike glass ceiling, when he first started doing research, because he was like, hold on, nigga, I'm, I'm Kanye. I'm this, these are exclusive, Red October. I'm going to need my percentage. And Nike, like, nah, hell no. Nah, we don't do those kind of deals. Right. So Nike, so, right, so, fuck Nike, I'm going to go to Adidas. So he's seen that first one. Mm-hmm. And he went to Adidas. Mm-hmm. So he's seen that, man, you black, regardless of your money, of your status, of your access, of your power, bro, you black to them. Mm-hmm. And people start removing themselves from their blackness with their wealth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They start using their wealth of like, oh, because I'm in the rooms with these white people and I don't know these white when I work with these white people, like we nah, bro, you black at the end of the day. You just haven't had an opportunity for them to remind you. Mm-hmm. COVID 19 is about to be that opportunity because as the funding pool and the money's getting shorter, like you said, they firing all these coon commentators like, oh shit, you got to be the first one to go. If we about to start firing people, mm-hmm. they about to keep you on here over Karen. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like hey, Karen will keep that job. Right. So it's like COVID-19 is an opportunity for us to show everybody that, bro, we all black. We all got to work together. And, we all got to come together. So, like, so what for me, we we had to rally in um Brunswick. in Brunswick for a mod. And first of all, can I give a round of applause to Atlanta? Right, Atlanta showed up, man. So when I said we we did a caravan from Atlanta to Brunswick, there were probably a hundred to two hundred cars, just. Riding, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I didn't realize how many it was until, like, cause you know, I'm on this gallon of water a day, dumbass. Like, you got a four and a half hour trip. So I got to pee like a motherfucker, right? And I found, I'm begging Derek. So finally, I get him to pull over. And then we go to the bathroom. And when you see like 80 cars pull in behind you, I'm like, God damn, bro. Like, we. Deep, cause you know you thinking the caravan kind of break up when you get on the highway. Yeah, we like, yeah. we'll meet y'all, we'll meet y'all down when there. we get down. Man, nah, like niggas are still rocking with us. So Atlanta showed out, man. Like they they came out in droves, man, and and it was just like the the protest was it was beautiful. The speakers, uh, we had a lot of powerful speakers out there. Um, my I'm gonna call Travis because uh, my boy Travis is the one that put it on my radar. He's the uh, developer, uh, economic developer of the city of Brunswick. Mm. So Travis put it on my radar about this whole situation. So um, it was it was cool just seeing. And then I took Kwame down there, and I took Armand, mm-hmm. my two young wolves. And Kwame, this was his first protest. Mm-hmm. He never, you know, he don't seen movies about it. You know, read about it. He was like, man, I feel like I'm in the modern day. You know, I'm in the modern day Dr. King straight. I'm like, and I told him you was like, so, so Derek said something in his speech that was so powerful. Derek or like, Derek went in, by the way, he was the last speaker on the, uh, on the rally. He went in and, uh, in his speech, he had said, you know, he said, y'all wasn't around in the days of Frederick Douglass. You weren't around in the days of Harriet Tubman. Went around in the days of Fannie Lou Hamer. 
Hell, you went around Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. He said, but I hear so many people talk about, oh, if they were born back then, what they would do and how they wouldn't do and how they would run and how they would fight. He said, right now, we are living in history. Like, this is, yeah, I, he said, your children will read about this moment. And you have to see, were you somebody who cowered and sat down, or were you somebody that stood up and you fought? There's a couple of quotes, but one of my favorites is Coretta Scott King. She said, uh, freedom is never won. It is earned in every generation. You know what I'm saying? So, and I just butchered it, but that's the premise of the sentence. And then um, there was another one by France Fanon. He said, every generation has a uh, mission, and they will either fulfill it or they'll betray it. You know what I'm saying? It talks about that. So, um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody that continued to ride the bus during the Montgomery bus boycott still reap the benefits yeah. of the people that didn't. Like, I it, mean, and, and, and that's, I mean, when you learn, when you start learning about the history of the protests and the marching and fighting, once that's the first thing you have to realize is black people. It was only about 10% of the black people marching and protesting for 100% of us to get these rights for shit. Like, it's, it's never been, everybody wasn't on Martin Luther King's side. Right. The way they are now Everybody wasn't on Malcolm's side The way they are now So it was a small You know what I mean It's almost like how it is Being at Black Man Lab Or being with Let Us Make Man It was those brothers That pushed it forward Now all the other brothers Are going to benefit But 50 years late from now Oh yeah I remember Elders Washington right. Me and him We been down the well, we, we, we we Every day And that's why I got this podcast To talk about Who the <laughs> fuck was with me And who wasn't Like like, you ain't never met no old, or no baby boomer that said, I couldn't stand Dr. King. Like, you ain't never heard that shit. Like, check, check out the bonus episode. You're not my fucking mentor. Right. <laughs> right, dog. So, so, like, you know, now I'm just looking back at this shit. It's like, like, damn, bro. I was listening to the last episode. Like, bro, I'm around something like, but we are living this history. We are the ancestors of tomorrow. And then you got to ask yourself, what am I doing to get involved? Like, and again, that don't include everybody marching. Mm -hmm. Like I told Troy, like Troy has a skill set. I needed a logo. He made me a logo. You know what I'm saying? Like, boom. Most of the grassroots movements are very insufficient when it comes to like branding, marketing, and how it looks. Very. Yeah. So it's like, if your skill set, if you're a photographer, we just need great imagery. Like, when you look back at all them pictures, they had pictures of Dr. King on them. Others, like, we need a photographer. And, and you know what? There are a couple of people that I've seen, like, they come to protest on a regular. But, like, I don't even think they understand the importance of their role. Like, you're mm -hmm. capturing history right now. Mm -hmm. Like, that stuff should be archived. Like, when you think about when, when Mount was talking about hashtag is bigger than you, that was. 5,000 people that marched to uh, CNN because of Mike Brown's death. I remember that day. Mm -hmm. But, like, being able to really tell that story. So, uh, man, we, like, this is that moment, like, it's like, if there has ever been a time to stand up and be black, it is now. For sure. It is right now. So, like, I'm, hold on, I'm going to play some of this. So, De Derek was talking about how, like, you know, he said, we can't continue saying we shall overcome. He said, no disrespect. But he said, now the song has to say we shall run through. Because you can have all this grace and mercy, but it has to be applied 
accordingly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To those who deserve it. So he For was sure. talking about the young man that was recently killed in his apartment by the cop. And, he, and you know, the, the, one to my, uh, the one in Texas. And the, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, the brother yeah. asking, you hug me. So this is Dick right here at the protest. Police officer went in his house. Said she was confused. She didn't know what door she was knocking on. How the hell you make that kind of mistake? I've been living in my house 25 years. I know how I smell before I even open the door. I know where every piece of furniture is. And you want us to believe you went in the wrong door. Kill that brother. And then his brother asked, can I have a hug from you? Hell no, you can't have no hug. Here, going in. My mercy and my grace, I'm a good God-fearing man, but it extends, has some limitations on it. I'm not going to coddle you when you done killed. We don't know what we lost in this brother. The mother and father know up to 26 years, we may have lost the next research chemist. That's right. We may have lost the one who bought a fine and cure for COVID-19. We may have lost the next great senator. And so when we say no more, we got to mean no more. That's right, Moses. Now let's get to these dirty, corrupt system here. Let's talk about old dirty Jackie Johnson. That's the DA. Did y'all see all of a sudden? I'm just reading information. Of, of two uh, family members were shot down leaving church 30 years ago. Y'all know the case better than I. Everybody knew who did the shooting. Described him. 30 years now. And then all of a sudden, she announced last week we got some new fingerprints that we can test. Pressure will bust a pipe. Don't y'all in Brunswick be fooled by this? There's an election coming up in a few weeks. Y'all better get busy and put somebody on the ballot to run against her. I don't give a damn if it's Mickey Mouse. We should be putting Mickey Mouse on the ballot to make sure that we get this witch out of office. Out in the background, said and goofy too. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. So, I mean, the speech was powerful. The speech was powerful. We had different speakers. I ain't gonna lie, we had this one woman that was a white woman that was kind of funny on there. But I'm gonna call Travis. I'm gonna see what Travis talking about. So, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, person I'm about to bring to the microphone is my big brother, my friend. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, I probably talked to him just as much as I talked to Keith. <laughs> like, I called his dude and uh, just wise brother beyond his years. Uh, real cat, real cat, uh, straight out of Decatur. That's right. Straight out of Decatur. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to give a round of applause to my big brother, my friend, Mr. Travis Stegall. What's up, bro? Man, what's going on, man? Hey, man. I'm, I'm just, enjoying my I've been trying to get you on this podcast forever, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, man, you know what? 
the 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 joy of being your friend is man be able to watch all of the uh good exciting stuff that you get a chance to speak for. You speak on behalf of a majority of us out here, I say that. Hey, look, well, I will say on this one, on this Ahmad situation, you put it on my radar. Um, I know you live in Brunswick. Um, you work out there. You have a lot of influence in the community. So, honestly, when you told me, I passed it on to Derek and Mowley, and they, um, and that's kind of really kicked off a lot of the stuff that happened this past weekend. So, uh, you was at the rally yesterday, man. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me how you felt about it, the energy you felt. How did it make you feel? Man, you, you know what? Like you said, man, being from Decatur and being here, there's been a lot of places that you travel, man. You know, you don't feel that sense of blackness or that sense of, 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 of being a part of being black, right? And, and, and every place feels a little different, man. But, you know, when DB came down, um, Maui and the rest of the guys came down, man, it made not only me feel good to be from Atlanta, my brother, you know, <laughs> but um, you, you could hear the whispers in the crowd like, yeah, man, this is it. This is it. Um, yeah, that shit, that shit, that shit, bro, that shit felt like the movement, man. <laughs> man, like- listen, man. Let me tell you something. I got a call this morning. Look, oh, but I got a call this morning, and they said, "Man, listen, I watched the video, and I felt it." Yeah, the video. She was like, "Yeah, I watched it. I watched y'all. I watched the men on the on on, on the steps, man." And, and and I felt it. Now this was a female that called and said that she felt it, man. So um there's an energy, man. There's an energy when brothers come together, especially from Atlanta. And 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 yesterday wasn't about no BS, man. Yesterday was about listen, we came, we want some answers, and if y'all don't give us any answers, we're gonna pull, yank, draw answers up out of you. And that kind of feeling, man, that's not a feeling that's 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 that, that, that in a lot of places, especially in South Philly, right? Right. Um I mean just kind of being from it once again, man, just being from the age, proud to be black, we um man, it's just a man, it just feel it, it's just different, right? It's it's different. Black means something, right? It, right. It's not that I'm just black and, and you white and uh, man, the sense of the sense of belongingness, man. I'm, I don't know, man. If someone would have broke out yesterday, boy, somebody would have had hell to pay. I said, <laughs> that's all I was saying, man. Hey, look, I ain't gonna lie. I was out there. <laughs> I was just. Uh, I played a little clip of Derek's speech when he was like, "Y'all can vote in Mickey Mouse." <laughs> Hey, hey, the crowd went crazy, man. It was just like, Bruh. man, it was one of them things where, you know, being black was a game, and I just wanted to get down. <laughs> I wanted to get down. I, I, wanted, I wanted to get down, man. I wanted to ride with these people because they were for real. And uh, I, 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 really, I really think we got an opportunity to harness that energy in this time that we're in right now. And keep it going post. Bro, what you talking 
talking about, man? Bro, like, and that's all I want to do. Like, how do you, whether it's continuing to put out information, continuing to, uh, you know, we got to begin to promote our own propaganda. Propaganda is only, uh, that's, it's only information. We got to begin to push out our propaganda and telling and keeping the people excited because what we lighted, we you talking about a fire that was already lit and all we were doing yesterday was just bringing gasoline on the flame gasoline on the flame and it was a lot of people that were participating in that rally because i brought one that have never participated or felt anything like that before they've seen it on tv they've read books but they've never been out there with the energy and feeling that much passion coming from black people about an issue that's talking about loving black people so i mean we got a lot of people that were that joined that joined the movement that day and they gonna rock with us. So we gotta keep it going, man. Come come on, man. Um it was it was right before I came to the rally that I was talking to some guys and started talking to them. Hey man, listen, how do we move this thing further? Um, how do we move past just a rally? How do we move past just a conversation, man? How do we put some one, two, three steps and engage? You know, stuff like this. Um, in order to keep it from being a fad of the moment, you have to have a plan. And it has to be something that is very easy to understand and also it has to be easy for people to be able to implement in their daily lives. So um, we started something that was called um, Run Further. And so we're hoping that the Run Further movement is going to take people just past them 2.23 miles, right, of just of saying, hey, man, I'm getting up and I'm walking. I'm like, nah, we need to get engaged. Um, we need to vote. We need to, you know me, man. I'm like, here, we need to go beyond voting. We need to go ahead and already have our people lined up to put them in place to run for office. You right. know, let's put who, who we want there. Hey, it ain't scary. <laughs> right. Hey, man, you pick your dog in the fight and you put your buying power and you put your voting power right behind it. You see what I'm saying? If y'all can go to a movie and watch Wakanda, we can get our DA, we can get our congressman and we can vote, man. It's simple. Right. It's simple. Straight up, man. (laughs) Hey, yeah, and by the way, that same phone call was so live, she goes, oh my God, I got a chance to see what it was like back in the day when when King and Abernathy and all those boys were out there. Man, we were just talking that about that. Listen, I'm going to tell you, man, I'm going to tell you, that hit me hard. And the reason why that hit me hard, because I must admit, and I'm shameful to say, is that I looked at all of those other incidents, and I looked at it like a spectator, and was like, damn, so man, that's fucked up. But it wasn't until I was able to see this video and see that young man get chased down, cornered, and shot, that it hit me so hard because, you know, man, I got a son who's 17 years old. You know what I'm saying? Who do the exact same thing. Right. And so when I looked at that video as a man, it hit me in my heart. That's fucking crazy because, you know what? In a million years, I would have never thought I would have been alive to see something that I heard about, I watched movies about stuff that was in books. I would have never in a million years thought I would have seen anything like that. So on the flip side of that is I was excited to be 
part of a movement that we only see on TV. Man, we only read about King. We only read about uh, uh, and we only read about them. You know what I'm saying? We see them now. You know, they kind of, you know, you know, game walking. They can tell us about it, but man, what fell yesterday? Listen, I told him, I said, I'm physically, I'm financially and physically committed to them boys that I saw yesterday. Straight up. And you know what? I don't care. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that, bro. Because that's what we we were literally just talking about. You know, there are a lot of people that they look at it stuff and they just see it from they see it from a look at it from a sideline. You know what I'm saying? But when it hits yep. home, like it hit home for you, like you are now to hear you say that you are committed uh, to this movement now. You bring something to this movement that nobody else can bring. Your intellect, your influence, your access. You know what I'm saying? All of that, you bring in more to it. And if we get everybody hands on deck, we're going to begin to see the real change in this. Yeah. Man, listen. I'm not, not only do you have me, but you definitely have some people that, that, was, that, that was there. We've had three or four rallies before now. We've had three or four rallies, and and we appreciate those people, and we appreciate everything that everyone had to say. But we are a generation of action, and no one came down that looked like us, sound like us, breathe like us, that said, look, you need to protect yourself. You don't need to be begging, barring, hat, hand. You can stand up on your two feet. If you need to carry a pistol, carry a pistol, now. Nobody came down here. You know what it is? No one came down here to tell us that it's okay to be black. Right. Mm. Right. Everybody else came and said, you know, we need to have a little bit of understanding. And, and you know, because we black, we need to watch out. And you know, because we black, we need to understand. And when we, everybody always telling us to understand, right? Now, when, when, and what, what, what we saw yesterday said, okay, now that you have a clear understanding of who you are, now that you have a clear understanding of the situation, this is how you engage and this is how you take action. And in any sense of the word, that's where, that's where change happens, man. And like I said, man, I'm fully committed. I wish that um, everyone could see what this looked like. And, you know, I ain't trying to talk about anybody, but that wasn't an Al Sharpton. It wasn't this 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 uh, kind of TV made for TV moment. This was real black folks that said, "We see something that was wrong. We see that there was an issue, and we are now being engaged." Y'all didn't have to come to Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> That's a kind of Hey, look, and, and I was just—I was just saying how Atlanta showed up, man. Two hundred car caravan from Atlanta to Bronzewood, bro. Atlanta really just showed. It was a caravan that came from North Carolina. Like it wasn't just Atlanta. Black people showed up, man, and that for me was just powerful to be a part of it, just to feel it. I'm like, you know, what's next? And I think everybody, everybody's energy on the same level. I, my mentee texted me this morning. He was like, "All right, what's the next step? What we got to do?" And come listen, I'm telling you, you got a place to play, got a place to strategize uh, right here in Brunswick with me 
I, the foundation is laid. There's no way that you will never have a place not to sleep and, and be ready. <laughs> I, I tell you that. Well, I'm gonna tell you the flip side to all of this stuff too. Um, you know, I would be remiss not to kind of venture, but I would say that there is a difference, right? Because just because of my job and what I and what I and, and what I do with. Um, I've called to the other cities like Sanford. I've called over the first and said, hey, man, listen, let's have a conversation. What does, you know, what does this look like for y'all? You know, how did you recover? How did you help the people? And how that, you know, um, how did you go from that incident to, you know, where you at today, man? It's crazy things that each and every one of them started by saying, okay, got to bring people together. You got to bring both sides together. Both sides got to talk and you got to feel but Brunswick is different. We don't even have to bring both sides together and start to talk. I think what's different about here and in this situation about everybody else is that it didn't matter. If he was black, if he was white, if he was any of that, we all came together under one banner and off the rip to say that this is wrong. Right. And the truth is, this really wasn't even about racism as it was or about classism that separation of, quote, leadership and the regular people in the community. And so, and it didn't matter, man. So I got, like I said, man, I got white neighbors, I got white friends, I got black friends. Everybody is pissed off. I wore my shirt today at home. This little lady at the cashier was like, I'm running with mine too. So so no one is afraid to step up. No one is afraid to to say how they feel about this, man. And as a community, we've rallied around um, any of that racist, redneck bullshit, man, because, I mean, you've been here. Right. Uh, and before, man, we got a quality of life that we all want to interrupt if I know stupidness. And plus, you know, truth be no, you, you go to Walmart, you're going to see more of your fresh hair six kids running about that place. So, so, so you, don't, you don't know. You don't know. Who's who and who's what. You see what I'm saying? I, mean, I ain't going to lie. When I, came from, when I came from Atlanta, and I was like, okay, I'm not sure exactly how race plays a role in the place. And I swear, man, every time you go to Walmart, man, every time you go to Home Holding low to go to the malls, man. You see little mixed babies just running through the whole place, and I'm like, yo, wait. I ain't seen this many in Atlanta, bro. So, uh, so I think it's a whole different feeling, man. It's a great place, part of your life, man. You know, it's not this segregated town. It's not this hillbilly town, man. Uh, we got young, educated, you know, a well-to-do people that have traveled the world and. And came back and just settled in Brazil. No, probably yeah. because of the beaches, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of like it's a lot of black people out there. When I was out there, I seen it. And y'all are really on the water. I mean, I've seen it before because I came out there to rock with you. But like y'all on the That's water, right. y'all on the water, water. Yeah. Like, so yeah, yeah. yeah we're on the water, water. And, and y'all like twenty minutes away from Jacksonville, Florida. Like so, Brunswick is definitely a beautiful city to be in. I'm I'm not gonna lie about that. So. Um, I'm just, you know, again, I'm proud of you and all the work you've done in that community. I'm thankful that you reached out to me, informed me about this. So I had an opportunity to serve on my, cause like, like I said, this could be, I had put a post up yesterday. I, I went to Brunswick because if something happened to me, 
I don't give a fuck if I'm in West Booba to do. Like, I want y'all niggas to goddamn ride down there. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't give a fuck and, ra- and raise hell. So, you know, that's why I did it. And um, like I said, I see something coming, bro. I see something happening and, and pulling out of this moment. And I believe, I believe we're going to be, we're going to begin to see a real shift in our community. After all of this, I truly believe that. And again, I just thank you for ringing the alarm, brother, being a leader in this community and making it happen for us. Listen, man, I I, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you did. Um, understand and know that I'm physically, I'm financially committed from this day forward. My family is going to understand and know that this is where I lead and this is where I commit my life. I just knew that when it first happened, um, let me get on the phone and get these guys engaged in what's about to happen, right? Um, and I and I appreciate it that you guys answered the call. I, I, there's nothing else that I can say. Um, understand. <laughs> understand. You got a new inductee. That's all. <laughs> hey, I'm glad it's again. Officially, welcome to the movement, brother. Thank you very much. And uh, like I said, I'll be in touch with you because we'll be coming down there, man. And we'll talk later on. My man. Have a good day, man. All right. Take care, Travis. That's the same shit we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm just talking about. Travis just admitted. Yeah. I looked at all the other situations as a spectator. He fly out said it. That's what I'm talking about. When somebody see it, it hit home. Now he just said, I'm committed physically and financially. I just said, we got to join the movement using our time, treasure, and our talent. And he said he's going to let his family know that this is what we're committed to. So. So that's evidence of the shift that's happening right now. So just like we said when we came in, man, um, you know, there's no time... Like right now. There's no time right now, man. This is an opportunity for us to really be black and proud. Like be black and proud. Um, Dang. To know Travis and hear him say that, that's a big deal for real though. Like, because Travis is like, that's just a big deal to hear that dude say that. I ain't gonna lie. So, what's your thoughts, man? No, I mean, my thoughts is, it was a great way to end the, to <clears throat> to end it because that was my question. You know, how does it look for black people going forward? You know, do you double down in blackness or do you get further away from it? Um, knowing Travis and then knowing some of the situation is good to see him double down. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, to me, it's, it's a positive light. It got me feeling positive because, you know, when things like this happen, sometimes I get down and I just think that, you know, uh, black people, we have the power, but will we ever use it? Right. You know, like that's really what it boils down to. You know, if every black essential worker says, I'm not going to help anybody until we start getting justice, how does the economy change? You know, how does the care change? Right. You know, because we know, we talked about it, we know how white supremacy is going to look, right? This person gets over this person. Mm-hmm. That person get over that person. So what if a black person in those situations either default to not work at all or 
bet on black and be like, I don't care what my boss said. This black person gonna get it. Right. And you know, I, it, that remind me of a picture. There's a picture if you, you can Google it of a black nurse uh, rolling in a white KKK man. Like he he obviously been injured and hurt, and he's still in his uniform. But it's a black nurse. Working on a white man in a KKK uniform. You gotta help him. Like that, that picture like just speaks <laughs> volumes, dog. So, I um, I didn't even tell you this. I had got reached out to by uh, the King Center. I think I did tell you that. No, no. Um, so you see, you had a couple of announcements you had to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, the King Center reached out to me because when all of this broke out. Um, Bernie's King was invited to be on the governor's task force for COVID-19. So she was talking to me and Antoine about Spendify and how they trying to figure out what can they do for black businesses and, you know, to help black businesses during the situation. So during the conversation, we were just talking about uh, coronavirus and COVID-19 and all that stuff. And then she was like uh, asking what we were doing. And I was just like, you know, I'm just kind of, Organizing on my end, but I'm doing something what we call Project COVID. Start talking about Project COVID. She's asking what it is. For those that don't know, Project COVID is a campaign that we launched when all of this really first started popping off. Uh, how many weeks ago you said? Eight weeks ago. Eight weeks ago, we started talking about Project COVID. And it's episode 36. Episode 36. Um, You got a text that just threw me out. All right. So it's episode 36, Project COVID. And what it, COVID is an acronym for C, um, connect your family. And we're just encouraging black people to, you know, spend time with your family right now. Call that cousin, call that friend. If you want to go even farther, something that I haven't even started yet. Um, and I wish I would have did it when we was more laid back versus now. Was the like ancestral tree Like really connect your family that way And really diving deep into your roots That was the first step Uh, The O in COVID Stand for um, Organize your community And on one of those initiatives From the organize your community Is where L Garden came from um, Because Aya Institute Baba Wakesa They are promoting that people Start in Golo Gardens And you know start sharing your harvest and feeding each other with your neighbors. I grow the tomatoes. My neighbor grow the lettuce. You know, we do it like that. Um, the V in COVID stands for value your health. And we brought on Dr. Peoples and she gave us just some tips on vitamins and um, different things we should be taking during this time to build our immune system. Because that's ultimately what's going to help you against COVID-19. The I was for innovate your business. And we're just encouraging business owners to be innovative and learn how to pivot during this time. Uh, Lastly, the D was develop your faith and just talking about, you know, digging deep into your spirituality. And, you know, one thing I will say as black people, our biggest strength as Africans was our spirituality, how spiritual we were and how connected we were to this universe. And um, so this is an opportunity to kind of dive deeper on that. So, they do these things called King's Talks, King Talk, and it's supposed to be on like Soul, Fox Soul, whatever Fox like Soul. that. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be interviewing me. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about Project COVID. So all right, all right. 
So that's gonna be cool. There's something coming up. I think it's like on the 26th of May. I'll let y'all know when I post it when I get all the details of it. But um, that's ultimately what I'm talking about right now as black people. What I want us to do is to do what Project COVID is. Like, if as a whole we can really begin to do that and organize and work together, I feel like we can come out stronger. Because one thing that was said in last week's episode, the difference between back then and now, everybody is really on this individual kick now. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as I get it, you already know I hate the term self-made. Like, I hate when people try to claim it because it doesn't exist. Everybody got help from somebody. Exactly. So it's like, COVID-19 is showing us that I ain't going to be able to do this on my own. I'm going to have to work together. I'm going to have to make it happen. So that's really what I want. That's really what I want for us to come out of this uh, as we go into the new year. I know um, this week we didn't have no uh, guest on because really I just want to get this off my chest. This is how I'm feeling. Like I feel like we have an opportunity to embrace that. I, I had downloaded all these pictures of the Black Power Movement. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at all like it was just re- regular folk with froze. Like it wasn't even necessarily the, the main pictures you always see the celebrities. It was just the energy then. Everybody was on the same energy. And I feel like we got an opportunity to harness some energy the same way. Yeah. So with that being said, man, I just want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in to another episode of Just Elders Podcast. As always, we love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we cannot wait to see y'all to next week. Myself, we're tired of beating our head against the wall and working for someone else.